Welcome to Bethel Cleveland's Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy today's message. For more information on this podcast or how to get connected, go to BethelCleveland.com. All right. We're about to go for it. Are we ready? Praise God. (laughs) So... I want to talk to you just briefly about the mystery of the word and the spirit. We've been on a track about the word of God in the Bible. And as I was in prayer and seeking God, what should I say? He said, the mystery, the word and the spirit, Joel. I was like, well, that's perfect because that's everything about everything of who I am. And uh, what we're going to do is just very quickly because we're, slow on time here, for low on time, is we're gonna build a foundation in the word and we're gonna ascend together into the spirit. Amen? You guys ready for that? Well, if you're not, you will be. Praise. And Jay, having Jay up here with me, you know, we have done this all around the country for years. Yeah. You know, God designed us as a body with different parts. And when we can actually get over ourselves to the degree to where we value at a high level what each other carries, we discover that we find Jesus in a more intimate and dramatic way when we do it together. Amen. God. Well, Hebrews 6, 1 and 3 says this. It says, now is the time for us to progress beyond the basic message of Christ and advance into perfection. So with God's enablement, we will move into deeper truths. You just put your hands out in front of you here. And just close your eyes and find Jesus. Let's just turn all of our attention, all of our focus on the reason why we're all here. And Jesus, we just thank you. Holy Spirit, enlighten the eyes of our understanding that we may not just know your word, but have a revelation of your word pertaining to the things of your spirit. Awaken our hearts in Jesus' name. You know, unless we go through the narrow gate, we will not stand in the day of evil. The word of God, the Bible, maps the pathway through the narrow gate. I imagine it like this stone walkway with all these different stones and certain stones lighting up. And if we step on those stones that light up and follow the path, we find ourselves going through what Jesus called the narrow gate and coming out on the other side into this beautiful thing that we call eternal life, 
right? Man, the interesting thing is, is that the only way we can actually walk the path of the word through the gate is through perpetual surrender to the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. When it goes from knowing all these fabulous principles into actually living it, we need the empowerment of His Spirit to actually do it. God designed us to not be able to do it on our own, but to desperately need Him each and every moment to discover this more excellent way. And not only that, he designed it so that we would need one another to bear one another's burdens, as Paul said, and fulfill the law of Christ. We can't get away from that. We can't get away of the importance of walking in union and communion with the creator of the universe and taking risks every day to walk together and trust Christ in one another to help us live out that beautiful life called eternal life. It's through the sacrifice of ourselves we find ourselves on the other side of the narrow gate. There's a death to self that it takes in order to get through. Why? The gate's narrow. We can't take all that stuff through there that we long and desire in the natural realm to hold on to, right? It's only when we let it go and we sacrifice freely of ourselves that we can actually fit through the gate. And on the other side is the fullness of who Christ is and his kingdom that's always been there. It's here now and it always will be there. See, we've all had a glimpse. We've all had revelations and momentary encounters in the presence of God. But the invitation of Christ and the power of the cross and his resurrection isn't just for us to have a few fleeting moments of joy and wonder and breakthrough in his presence. There's so much more. There's an invitation to live in perpetual intimacy and revelation of who he is and what all of heaven is doing behind the scenes, even right now. It's the mystery of the ages. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. All creation, it says in the scripture, is groaning for the manifestation of Christ in you to awaken and arise and be who he is. Think about that. All of creation is groaning. Everything that God designed within its biological design 
groans to see Christ formed in his sons and daughters. This is beautiful. Psalm 119, 105 through 109 says this, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I have sworn and confirmed that I will keep your righteous judgments. I am afflicted very much. Revive me, O Lord, according to your word. Accept, I pray, the free will offerings of my mouth. O Lord, teach me your judgments. My life is continually in your hand. You see, all the things that we say and all of the messages we preach, we preach because it's in here. <laughs> it's all in here. Jesus is the Word made flesh. He dwelled among us. We beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father. <laughs> Jesus is the fulfillment of the law. He is the one. <laughs> the beautiful relationship between the Word and the Spirit is the true pathway to fruitfulness. And this is, this is where I'm at, is my whole life I pursued the power of God. I pursued the power of God, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, healing, restoration, freedom. And now, more than ever, I understand that that's not what true fruitfulness looks like. But true fruitfulness looks like love, joy, peace, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, kindness. That is the greatest manifestation of God's power in any of our life. And out of his fruit will come things of the spirit and revelations of the kingdom of heaven, healings, miracles, signs and wonders, and all that stuff. Because why? Because he is the primary thing. It's Christ in us. He is the hope of glory. The world doesn't need an encounter with us. It needs an encounter with the King. It's only through the inworking of the Holy Spirit that His fruit becomes our fruit and our obedience to what the Word, this is so good, our obedience to the Word of God our obedience to the Bible sets in motion the movement of the Holy Spirit. These are not just principles that we were created by God to know, to know about. It says in Hebrews 4 and 12, for the word of God is living and powerful. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates deep to the division of the soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and it is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. This is supernatural. There's something that comes alive 
in the hearts of men and women. And there's ways of thinking that come together in the minds of humanity that will never come together outside of this. It's the renewing of the mind. Galatians 5, 16 and 18 says, let me emphasize this, as you yield to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. When your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit, you hinder him by living free. You offend the Holy Spirit, you hinder him from living free within you. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your self-life from dominating you. So the two are incompatible and conflicting forces within you are your self-life of the flesh and the new creation life of the Spirit. It's the battle of the ages. The battle of the ages in this time is not our battle with forces of darkness. It says in the scripture that Jesus made an open spectacle of the devil. He bound him. He shackled him. The only power that he has is power that we choose to give him by not living according to this. The word of God feeds the new creation life of the spirit. The life of the word illuminates the life of the spirit. The life force and the power in the scriptures illuminates the spirit man that God created you with. Right? And I'm going to transition here. Can we all stand up together? 2 Corinthians 3, 5, and 6, and 7, 11, and I'm reading this from the Passion Translation. Hear, hear this. This is so important. It says, yet we do not see ourselves as capable enough to do anything in our own strength, for our true competence flows from God's empowering presence. He alone makes us adequate ministers who are focused on an entirely new covenant. Our ministry is not based on the letter of the law, but through the power of his spirit. Even the ministry that was characterized by chiseled letters on stone tablets came with a dazzling measure of glory, though it produced death. The Israelites couldn't bear to gaze on the glowing face of Moses because of the radiant splendor shining from his countenance, a glory that was destined to fade away. And this is the punchline. Yet how much more radiant is this new and glorious ministry of the Spirit that shines from us? For if the former ministry of condemnation was ushered in with a measure of glory, how much more does the ministry that imparts righteousness far excel in glory? What was once glorious no longer holds any glory 
because of the increasingly greater glory that has replaced it. The mystery of the Word will reveal the mystery of what's beyond the veil in the Spirit. It's the power of His resurrection. It's the power of His resurrection. And the question is, is do we hunger and thirst for righteousness? Do we actually long to live in purity, in holiness? Do we long to allow the Spirit of God into the dark areas of our hearts and in our minds to bring healing, restoration, and illumination? Because illumination comes from light, and He is the light of the world, and He says that we are the light of the world, and we are a city set upon a hill that cannot be hidden. Let your light shine before men. The things of the kingdom of heaven only come by revelation of his spirit. The depth of what's written in these verses, in these chapters, in this Bible is only revealed through a revelation of the Holy Spirit. We eat the word, right? We feast on the word. We drink of the one spirit. Our friend Georgian, who's coming in a couple months, Georgian Banoff, he says this, he says, the more we drink, the more we see. It's his light that shines in our hearts that shows us what's always been there, what is here now and will always be there. That's the kingdom of heaven. Now, if you're here, if you're here and you're, you're in this place of battling between the carnal, parts of life and the spiritual parts of life, the new creation man, and you're ready to let go and live your life in a way that the fullness of who Christ is, the fullness of the price that he paid on the cross and the power of his resurrection, if you're ready to die so that he can live in you in a way that he never has before. Today is the day of salvation. And it's not just about coming to know him for the first time and calling on the name of the Lord. It's about being willing and courageous to take an evaluation of yourself that's noble, that's true, that's pure, and say, you know what? I've been doing this, 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 and this but I don't want to do that anymore because I want all of who Jesus is in my life. I want to go through the narrow gate, God. I want to be able to stand in the day of evil because I said yes to death so that he could live in me.
He died so that we can live. And he's forever orchestrating everything in the spirit and in the natural around our lives for us to die so that he can live again through us. So if that's you, if you hunger for that, if you don't want church as usual, if you actually want to live in a better way according to the principles in this scripture, and you want to know the power of his Holy Spirit in a way that you never have before, I want to invite you to come up to the front. We're not going to do lines. We're just going to come down. Listen, you guys, I weep for this every single day. I want who he is to be formed in me more than anything else. I want to love like he loved me. I want to be a good dad. I want to be a man of integrity. Yeah, we have all kinds of space down here in the middle. Just keep filling in, keep filling in. There's people coming, keep coming. Listen, if you're sitting in your seats and you're like, I don't know about this, but something's happening, this is for you. <laughs> Man, he is, he, Jesus, Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead so that we could taste uh, the fullness of who he is and remember who we are and where we came from. If you're here and you have never called on the name of the Lord, you're not, by, you're not here by accident. The Holy Spirit brought you here to save your soul. It says in the Bible that if you believe with your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, that you will be saved. If you're here and you have never surrendered your life to Jesus or you've walked away from the Lord and you're ready to come back, I want you to raise your hand wherever you're at. If there's anybody in here who's ready to surrender their life to Jesus for the first time, I want you to raise your hand. Just another moment here. Jesus is real. He's alive. He's your friend. And I want the ministry teams to come up here. They all have badges on, and I've already given them instructions. And I believe the Holy Spirit is going to give an impartation to bring breakthrough into the lives of everybody that stepped forward here as they lay hands on you, that you are going to be empowered in a way that you've never been empowered. I don't want you to stand in a line straight across the front, guys. I want you to go and find someone to put your hand on their shoulder and just release it in Jesus' name.
So Father, we just thank you for what you're doing here. We pray that your power, that your spirit, that your glory will be released in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to our Sermon of the Week. You can help us reach others by investing today at BethelCleveland.com give.